You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cracking the code on how you can optimize, personalize, and monetize your app marketing and mobile growth efforts. Welcome to Mobile Presence, hosted by Peggy Ann Saltz. Peggy, a top 30 mobile marketing influencer, nine-time author, and content strategist, brings you her pick of tech, trends, guests, and cool stuff to help you drive growth and create deep connections with your customers. Now, prepare to get motivated and activated with our host. Hey, hello, and welcome to Mobile Presence. I'm your host, Peggy Ann Saltz, with Mobile Groove, where I plan produce and promote content that allows my clients to reach performance goals and scale growth and mobile is what it's about here at mobile presence how to grow your mobile app how to grow your mobile audience through tools through tech through listening to the guests i have here on the show because they know how to do it and if you're listening to what's going on in the industry then you're also hearing that the way to grow your app way you grow your app business is Starting out with App Store optimization. You can't, you can't download what you can't find. You can't buy and purchase in an app that you can't find in the first place. So it makes perfect sense. And, of course, ASO mixed with paid promotion, that's supposed to be the combination. Or at least that's what I'm hearing. And that's also the chief finding of the ASO Practitioner's Guide, which I recently wrote on behalf of VentureBeat as a VB mobile analyst. And during that time, I worked with a lot of people in the industry to gather their insights around ASO. And uh, full disclosure, um, that's where our guest comes from today. I was so impressed at that point in time. I thought, these are amazing insights from this person, from this company. It's time to bring it to a broader audience. And of course, it's a year later. The industry has moved on. And so has the way that we see and understand ASO. So I can't think of a better person to bring on the show than Dave Bell. He is the co-founder and CEO of Gummy Cube. And uh, he oversees the business strategy for the company, driving growth and market development. And he also is, for me, my go-to person for ASO. Dave, great to have you on the show. Great to be here, Peggy. Thanks. So 
we connected during that report, and um, what I loved was you opened my eyes to the fact that we were so mobile-centric about ASO. We weren't looking at how people were really searching. We weren't looking at real behavior. We were tied up in the tools. You know, we loved our tools. And so we're going to use this show um, to talk about the myths of ASO. You know, everything's moved on since then. But let's start off with just a little bit more for our listeners about yourself and of course, Gummy Cube, because you have been in the industry for a while, and you've also seen it from a number of different interesting perspectives. You were in mobile entertainment, you were in publishing, marketing, and now you're here at the other end. So you've seen the app store channels from both sides. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, in terms of my background, I've been in mobile uh, from the very, very early days. So my first app that I was publishing was all the way back in 1999 when you had to publish for Brew and J2ME smartphones and get carriers to distribute on deck. Um, (laughs) You know, those (laughs) ancient times, but it was the wild, wild west. It was very, very fun. Um, And I think, you know, the one lesson that I really took back from that experience, and it's still true today, is that, you know, mobile is a very different medium than the web. Uh, When you look at user behavior, when you look at the products and features that people use on their devices, really all the way through that funnel, uh, it's very, very different than the web. It's a different experience. And I think that's one of the most valuable things that anyone can take away about mobile and kind of how to you know, build products and how to, from a marketing perspective, promote those products in a way that's mobile-centric is very, very important. Um, and of course, you know, after, uh, after we sold that company, uh, I was a, a very, very early exec co-founder at a company called Playphone, which did direct-to-consumer distribution of content. Um, and then almost 10 years ago, almost a decade ago, uh, my co-founder, Ann, and I uh, started GummyCube. And so we are one of the oldest uh, app store optimization companies in North America. Uh, we were uh, incorporated uh, years before you know some of the kind of other uh, brands that you hear in the space. Um, and you know, I think when you think about uh, kind of history in mobile, I think a lot of people, you know, in their memories, kind of go back to when the iPhone was introduced. And mm-hmm. I think it's helpful to have you know that knowledge and experience experience that goes kind of much farther back because I think there's a lot to learn from that. Um, and a lot to learn about, uh, I guess, you know, pitfalls, right? What, what not to use, where, where the boundaries are between what you might do as a web marketer versus what you might do as a mobile marketer. So you're talking about the pitfalls, and that's a great segue because I wanted to talk about, you know, sort of where we got stuck in ASO, in our thinking, um, and and really do some myth bashing here. And uh, as you said, you were one of the first companies, and I was watching ASO um, also early, early on, and thought there's something wrong here if we just get so caught up in sort of the, 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 I won't even say the technology of it, but like this mindset of, you know, keywords, keywords, keywords. Um, it is keywords, but there's a certain way to approach it. And uh, that's what I wanted to get to with the first myth. So let's talk about those tools. You know, everyone says it's the tools. And now more and more we're taking a look at the tools and saying, you know what, maybe not. Maybe it's not the tools that decide uh, whether you fly or fail an ASO. It's something else. And you're a proponent of looking at the data, which I think is very interesting. So tell me about this mindset and tell me why we need to look at the data and maybe not just look at the tools. 
Yeah. So, you know, first of all, when you look at the tools uh, that were built uh, in the early days and, and even many of them that are available today for ASO, on the back end, they're essentially designed to scrape public search data. And, you know, when you think about public search data, you almost know immediately that that's not coming directly from the App Store and the Play Store, because Apple and Google don't really publish a lot of data about what's going on inside their stores in terms of trends and search volume and, and factors like those. Um, you know, most of the data, uh, a tool that would scrape uh, kind of public information gathers is web search data. And the problem with that is that there's only about 20% overlap between mobile and web search. Mm -hmm. If you think about uh, kind of an analogy for, for mobile search in the App Store and Play Store, you have to think about it more like the Amazon Store and less like the web. This is a store. People are buying products and services. They are searching for products and services. So the concepts of the way people search uh, the phrases that they use to search, how those kind of strings are constructed, will not be the same as what a kind of web-based keyword planner would tell you, and they wouldn't be the same as what web data would tell you. Um, and so, you know, when you look at, you know, methodologies for ASO, certainly there are a lot of different methodologies, and you could argue for or against. But at the end of the day, you know, if you're using the wrong data set, you could spend spend 40 hours you know, a week uh, on ASO as your full-time job trying to do a really good job, but you're not going to achieve the results that you need to. And so you really have to look at what, what data set you're using and ask the right questions. So let's, let's get to that. We have a little bit of time before the break, and this is a very important topic. I mean, because if you aren't looking at, you know, if, if you're not asking the right questions, of the tool or of the tool provider or even querying the data set properly, as you said, you're going to spend a lot of time because you're not going to find how people really search for things and therefore you are not really going to be found. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And, you know, I think that, you know, one of the things that you can do as a marketer when you're thinking about you know, this data challenge, obviously not everyone has, you know, access to a couple dozen engineers like we do to kind of reverse engineer things in the, in the industry. But one of the simple ways to kind of test this is, you know, if you're using a tool and you're looking at the recommendations that tool is giving you and they don't line up with logical features that users might use inside the type of product that you're trying to market, mobile specific features, it's a good sign that tool is not actually deriving data from mobile. Because, you know, again, when we think about app store optimization, you know, we look at the product, we look at the features of the product, and then related to those features, we try to understand what people might be searching for in the stores. And so if, if the queries or keywords aren't necessarily mobile-centric, if they're not the way someone might describe or use your product or its features in a mobile world, then it's probably not intuitive data that's going to be useful for ASO. It's fascinating, isn't it, Dave, how little people discuss this because we just sort of, you know, as I said, we take it for granted. Oh, tools, just use tools, all the tools you can get a hold of, um, and, and, you'll, and you'll be able to crack it. But no one has been really querying uh, the tools yet. Do you feel that this is something that's going to be changing or becoming at least apparent that we need to ask these questions and of course after the break I'm going to ask you for a checklist of questions so you're not going to get off that easily but do you think that um, this is going to be a really important focus? Yeah I, I do think it's going to be a very important focus I think that you know just like 
uh, you know, uh, click fraud is an important focus when you're thinking about paid marketing. Uh, what I refer to as data fraud is going to be a very important focus in ASO. And at the end of the day, App store optimization is like a great, it's a foundation for mobile marketing. When you're talking about keywords and metadata, that's what builds your visibility for low-cost installs. When you're talking about conversion, that affects everything from your organic all the way to your paid funnels. And if you're building that foundation with the wrong data, you have a really serious problem. Mm-hmm. That's why I have you on the show right now here, Dave. And so after the break, as I promised, listeners, we're going to talk a little bit more about the questions you can ask, the checklist you need in mind, because you have to look at the data, not just the tools. And so don't go away. We'll be right back. Mobile Presence will be back after we connect you to our sponsors. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. WebmasterRadio.fm. Keep your headphones handy and the feed loaded. We never stop. Do you? Supercharging your mobile growth efforts. Welcome back to Mobile Presence on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here is your host, Peggy Ann Saltz. And we're back. Welcome back to Mobile Presence. I'm your host, Peggy Ann Saltz, with Mobile Groove, and we have today... Dave Bell, co-founder and CEO of Gummy Cube. Dave, right before the break, we were talking about the first myth that we're busting, which is it's all about the tools, uh, which it isn't. It's about the data, and it's about also finding out if your tools are looking at the right data, are you know reflecting how we as people really do search for things and therefore would search for an app in the App Store. Makes perfect sense. Um, and I have to say, Gummy Cube has some very interesting data about that that I used in my practitioner's report, which was very eye-opening because you have to look at human behavior. But what do you look at as questions? You know, you want to query at least the the tool provider, if not the data set. There are a lot of companies out there sort of pounding their chest and set, talking about, you know, how they have um, the best pick of the keywords. But maybe uh, there's something else we need to be looking at. What do we need to be looking at? What do we need to be asking them? Yeah, well, I think that actually the most important thing is is what you can do to verify the data, because ultimately, uh, mm-hmm. if you're asking a tool provider, they're going to tell you their data is like, accurate and it's great and it's the best data. But the reality is there are a few things you can do um, t- to validate. And so, you know, one very, very simple uh, check is to check uh, the range of search volumes that you're seeing 
versus the Google AdWords Keyword Planner. And what a lot of people do is they'll take that data, they'll rescale it a little bit, maybe they'll create, kind of move the decimal point over, they'll plug it into a Keyword Planner for ASO, and they'll say it's intended for mobile. So check the scale of the data, not necessarily mm-hmm. just whether the individual numbers match up perfectly. And if the scale seems to be the same, you've kind of identified a large part of that data set. And again, web and mobile is not the same. You don't want to be using web search data for ASO. Two, if you can, check the data versus search ads data. So as you know, Apple has popularity scores inside their keyword planner. But one of the challenges with those popularity scores is that, to use an analogy, Apple designed them for day trading, not holding long. Um, And so, (laughs) you know, if you're running a CPC campaign or an SEM campaign for paid search, you might change your bids on a daily basis, but certainly you're not going to do that for your organic keywords. And identifying a high volume trend that's only there for 24 hours is not going to help you with ASO. And that's one of the challenges using search ads data for ASO. You probably don't want to do that with unfiltered search ads data. So that's, that's one thing to check. Um, The other thing I would say is that if you want to use search ads data for this, you can get it for free from Apple. There's no reason to pay for it. So that's an important point. Um, The other uh, uh, thing to pay attention to is, you know, if your tool is giving you recommendations and those recommendations don't appear to be mobile feature centric, they're probably not using mobile data. Um, You know, as you know, uh, what, what we do with our mobile applications uh, depending on the category that we're in uh, or, or using an application for, um, very different than the way we'd use a similar application on our desktop PC. And so if the recommendations are not centric to the way you would logically use this application or the feature in a mobile environment, probably not the right data set. And again, most of search in the App Store and Play Store, very feature-driven. It's a little bit more long-tail than the web, more like Amazon search than web search. And so those are the things to keep in mind. I mean, I, I get it completely because I'm also a big fan of um, mobile search is where I started out. Um, watch human behavior. You know, you have to search. like You have to think like people search when you're looking for your keywords. But could you just maybe possibly give our listeners an example so they can get their head around this? Because it's, a, it's an important difference, but maybe not immediately apparent. Yeah. um, Well, so one of my favorite examples uh, from an app that we were optimizing early on, uh, this was years ago, but it it stuck out to me. Um, It was a photo app. And, you know, one of the big features uh, in in the mobile world when you're looking at photo apps uh, is private photo sharing, basically sharing between two devices in a private, uh, secure way. And Mm -hmm. that is a concept that, you know, if you're looking at like, you know, Snapfish or Google Photos or, you know, web-based products related to kind of photo storage isn't really the same, right? Users don't use that the same way. They're not sharing between their desktop PCs the way you'd send a photo to a friend on your mobile device. And so, you know, that, that to me was kind of a really clear bellwether. Oh, wow, you know. Uh, you know, this feature doesn't even exist on the desktop, and it's something that you'd really need to dive into mobile user behavior uh, to kind of zero in on and understand. It's, it's one of the most high-volume keywords in the photo category, and I could extend that to to any category and any type of feature. It, it really starts to get, um, you know, it starts to become a very big deal, right? And you'll see that then in the tool that, you know, when these are missing, it's like, you know, just... Um, obvious that then 
it's got a data set that is not really focused on way the way you would find something uh, on a mobile device, search for something on a mobile device as a mobile user in the mobile app store. That's sort of the idea here, right? Yeah, that's right. Always, you know, I always tell people always start with the features of your app. Uh, and, you know, based mm-hmm. on the features of your app, if you're not, you know, obviously seeing uh, how people might search for those features, uh, y- y- you know, in your own mind, logically, there's a disconnect with that data set. Because, you know, again, this is a very kind of feature driven uh, search environment, right? And so if a lot of the keywords, you know, are not feature driven, if they are describing things the way, you know, a user might engage in a different platform, that's kind of a big red light. Yep, and that means they've scraped it from web, which means they know how we search on the web, but not on mobile. And so for ASO, that's going to be a disconnect. That's what I'm getting here is the key takeaway, correct? Correct. Okay. I follow that one. Of course, um, you know, we could have you back for a show just about each myth, and maybe that's maybe that's a thought. But let's move on to myth number two. Um, one of my favorites because I hear it all the time. In fact, <laughs> I hear it one more time, and you hear it, you know, and you know this, Dave. You're in the industry. You hear it, and then people don't explain. It's just like you have to do A/B testing. Okay, you need to A/B test your creatives, A/B test your keywords, A/B test your 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 description, everything. A/B test everything, but you're testing against yourself when actually you should be testing against your competition or the larger marketplace to understand what is really at play there. So that's the myth, um, as I understand it. But give me a little bit more background to it. In other words, how do I arrive at this mindset? Because right now we are A-B testing against ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when I think of the App Store and the Play Store and, and kind of mobile stores in general, I think of it as the entire user acquisition funnel, right? And and where do users discover my app? Where do they end up when they finally download my app in the store? Um, and, and what's interesting and what no one talks about is that the, the very top of that funnel, when you think about conversion, is, is where users discover you in search. And when uh, when users discover you in search, ultimately they're looking at that search result and they have to click. And in the case of Google Play, they have to click into your app page. In the case of the Apple App Store, they can download right from the search result. And so if you think about it, that's actually the first place conversion starts and it's the most important place conversion starts. And there you're competing against your competition. You have your app in the search listing against other apps and you're you're really vying for those clicks and not a lot of people think about that not just in the concept of optimizing for more downloads but also from the concept of improving your search rankings because ultimately your click-through rate is what determines your ranking on a keyword and so if you're not optimizing for conversion at the very top of the funnel against your competitors you're actually you know, preventing yourself from getting advantages and getting more clicks uh, to to rise up in those rankings. So really, it's about um, ultimately moving up in the rankings, not thinking about the conversion of your landing page, you know, because that's where people are focused on. Oh, you know, they got to my landing page. What did they do? That's where we're focused now. And you're saying, no, big picture here. Think about coming in from the top of the funnel or the top of the app store and being able to find you because you will be ranking higher if you have the right keywords. Is that correct? 
uh, if you have the right keywords and if you're converting well on those keywords, mm-hmm. right? And, and, you know, I think you can also split it, you know, from a marketer standpoint, you can split it in a couple of ways, right? I think that there are a lot of marketers out there managing large budgets and they're focused on paid marketing. And any user that you send in from a paid campaign is going to go right into your app page. And so from that standpoint, of course, you're going to want to optimize yield and get better ROI, uh, get more users to install from that paid traffic. And so A-B testing on your app page makes a lot of sense. And you know, certainly for Google, everyone goes to your app page. But at the end of the day, if you're an organic marketer and you're thinking about ASO, you really need to be laser focused on the search listing. Very, very helpful, really good advice here, Dave. I'm enjoying this tremendously. We do have to go to break, but listeners, don't go away because when we come back, more myth-busting in ASO and more things you need to pay attention to to move the needle on your own app. We'll be back. Mobile Presence will be back after we connect you to our sponsors. WebmasterRadio.fm is the destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Engage with our panel of on-air experts and peers by following us on Facebook, Google+, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can listen to WebmasterRadio.fm on air or on demand from our website or through iTunes, Stitcher, or however you get your podcasts. Interact and stay informed. Just search for WebmasterRadio.fm. Hello, I'm Hector Elizondo, and I want to talk to you about getting older. My body hurts, my joints ache, and sometimes I forget. I forget that doing all your own scenes for a movie isn't always the best decision, especially when you're galloping high speed on a horse named Archibello. So yes, my body hurts, but it's not because of my age. It's because I'm living my life. Don't let life pass you by. Take care of your brain health. It may just help you stay on top of your game. Oh, Archibello! Learn more at brainhealth.gov. Podcasting at the speed of sound. WebmasterRadio.fm. The flamethrower. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Supercharging your mobile growth efforts. Welcome back to Mobile Presence on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here is your host, Peggy Ann Saltz. And we are back. Welcome back to Mobile Presence. I'm your host, Peggy Ann Saltz with Mobile Groove, and of course we have Dave Bell, co-founder, CEO of Gummy Cube. Dave, I'm enjoying this. I'm sure our listeners, well, you know, thank goodness we have we have show notes, we have this everywhere, but you know, you're like writing down like these are really good tips. And um, practically speaking, another place to look at myth busting is, you know, the, the keyword itself. You know, we hear about, I've gone to conferences where they say, you know, change them out every week or two weeks. Uh, you know, it's just like, it's, it's almost like this Las Vegas feeling, you know, I'm going to get all the top keywords and life is going to be great, but maybe, just maybe, they're not a great fit with your app. So what's the, what's the myth there? What's your advice there? Well, first of all, anyone saying change your keywords out every week or two weeks has no idea how long it takes Apple to actually index your keywords in the store. We know from our technology it takes two to three weeks to really get the full long tail indexed before Apple and Google stop crawling you. So if you're changing it out too frequently, basically you rank for different keywords, but you never rank for more keywords and you don't expand your footprint because you don't let that crawl happen. So that's that's number one. But but back to relevancy. So, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, what determines uh, whether you're going to be able to rank well for a keyword 
get the traffic and get the conversions from a keyword. It's whether that keyword's relevant for your app. And so I think a lot of people uh, mistakenly, when they're picking keywords, are looking either at these kind of tactical, uh, you know, metrics like is it high volume or does are there a lot of other apps that compete for this keyword? Is it difficult? But in reality. Those are probably, you know, two things to consider. Uh, certainly, volume is something to consider. Um, the number of apps that rank for a keyword actually has very little to do with whether a keyword will be difficult for you, because relevancy is is king. And if you have an app, no matter how big the app is, and you're optimized for conversion, and you're extremely relevant for that keyword based on what people download when they search for that keyword, uh, you will you will rise to the top. Um, because at the end of the day, your click-through rate is what determines everything. Um, and you know, Apple and Google, when they think about search, they think about it like one one big experiment. And they launch your app after you've given them guidance with your keywords and metadata. And based on what they detect in terms of user reaction through clicks, you can rise. Um, and so understanding what users intend to download when they search for a keyword and what the related kind of phrases are around a seed term uh, can be really important in establishing whether you have a chance to do well on that keyword. And I think that, you know, when you look at, you know, changing keywords out very quickly, uh, as you said earlier, I think that's just a symptom of the tool problem. You're changing keywords out really quickly, throwing spaghetti against the wall because the data you're using isn't so great. You don't trust anything, and so you just kind of think you're going to, you know, hope something sticks. When in reality, you need to really understand what what the users, what the humans are doing, uh, what they intend to find when they search for a keyword. Absolutely, because it is about you know how humans search, and and to your point. Um, you know, it has to be relevant if you're, and, and, and of course they'll find you. If you're trying to be, if you're trying to rank for words, you know, keywords that have nothing to do with your app, um, that, 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 that's obvious too. And so, um, how do you see, as a last question here, Dave, um, how do you see the mindset? Are app marketers truly aware that they have to go back to something as basic as relevancy? And it's not about trying to game the system. So I think that uh, I think that we're coming to that. I, I think that the challenge is that you know a lot of people uh, that are focused on very very short term gains kind of are inclined to take that spaghetti at the wall approach, and unfortunately, you know when you do that, it it you know creates an environment where you're probably not going to be successful, um, and that you know in turn kind of permeates. Well, does this ASO stuff really work? right through the industry. The reality is ASO does work, but you have to think of it the same way uh, you know, that you would think of SEO for the web, right? It, obviously, the data you use is different. The, the tools that you use are different. The methodology is different than the web. But, but ASO is a process. It's not something where you change out keywords once and then it's like a burst campaign. All of a sudden, you, know, you go through the roof. It's, it's more like a staircase. And every step that you take on that staircase, you grow your KPIs and improve. And you also learn more about how users are reacting to your app. And you have to take that knowledge in and use that knowledge to turn the dials in more and more efficient ways uh, going forward. Um, and so that's, you know, that's most important for us Like when we talk to our partners. 
That's also a great way to uh, segue to another point is that, uh, you know, it is about that knowledge. And um, that's what you've been sharing, you know, at Gummy Cube. That's what I used in my uh, practitioner's report. So, you know, listeners, they're listening and they're saying, Dave's making sense to me. How can they keep up with what you're doing, maybe writing, maybe some data or insights that Gummy Cube is releasing, this knowledge sharing? What would they do? Yeah, well, so to keep up with us is very easy. Obviously, you can follow us on Twitter at Gummy Cube or on Facebook at Gummy Cube. And then we have a great blog online where we've been publishing for, for almost 10 years. So there is a encyclopedia of content there that uh, you know, probably has some very, very interesting uh, alternative views uh, like these that you may not hear uh, everywhere in the ASO space. But um, you know, I think it's interesting because when people read our blog, when they, when they talk to us about ASO, a lot of people say, well, it's refreshing because you're not just kind of repeating what everyone else is saying. You're offering some alternative methods to kind of test and get get good results out of what we're doing. Absolutely. I mean, for me, Dave, you're edgy, and I'll have you back again for sure. Um, been, a, been a delight, and as I said, we will get into some more myths. Maybe we'll even make it a little bit of a, of a regular series. Who knows? But in the meantime, listeners, if you want to keep up with me throughout the week or find out more about how you can be a guest or sponsor in Mobile Presence, then you can email me, Peggy, at MobileGroove.com. Mobile Groove is also where you can find my portfolio of content marketing and app marketing services. And that, my friends, is yet a wrap of yet another episode of Mobile Presence. You can check out this and all early episodes of our show by going to webmasterradio.fm or you can find our shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker and iHeartRadio simply by searching Mobile Presence. So until next time remember every minute is mobile so make every minute count. We'll see you soon. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.